Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. <laughs> you could go on forever. Audible, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Double Twist. Thank you always and forever for downloading and listening to this show. Great to be back on regular hockey <laughs> recording and all that. Back on Thursday mornings again. That's how I try to do it to keep things Scheduled, keep things structured, though in a lot of ways it's like, shoot, it was a long time since the season opener, wasn't it? All, all that excitement, so that's the bummer of it, that was just bad luck, I guess. It would have been nice to just start up right away after a game or two and be like, wow, Kaprizov, game-winning shot, Kaprizov, game-winning shot, uh, beautiful, and all that, but yeah, it is what it is, Kaprizov leads the team in scoring already, <laughs> throughout his first four games, five points. For Kirill, the thrill is for real. It's, uh, he's got five points in four games, four assists, one game-winning goal for our young Russian buddy, young Russian friend. Pretty cool. Our visit in California, IA, continuing basically the entire time. And then now we come home to play against the Sharks twice, the Kings twice. So that's going to be the easy part about doing a show prep from now on. Like the second segment might be kind of short. I might actually, it's going to be a unique year that way. Because I'm only going to be talking about two teams most of the time, it looks like. And plus, yeah, yes, it's like Colorado, Colorado, da 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 It's like college hockey, you know, ser- uh, you know a, a series. It's a little series, that type of thing. It's fun to do. It makes things easier and all that. But uh, you got to love it. you got to love it at the end of the day. There's encouraging signs. There's disappointing signs. There's all kinds of stuff. You know, 0 for 16 on the power play. Through the first three games, the power play's been non-existent. Uh, Johansson doesn't look so good so far. In fact, not really at all. Kind of like non-existent. Uh, Victor Rask is your top-line center after the first game. It's funny how they basically flip-flopped them being uh, Mr. <laughs> Dean Evison. Uh, flip-flopping the top-line and fourth-line center. It's almost like flip a coin, isn't it? Uh, you know, Nick Bukestad, Victor Rask. Nick Benino, Jewel, the jewel of a player, Eric Sinek. He's actually got four, uh, he's actually got uh, 
four points already, so good for him. Or is it three? Pardon me. Uh, he's been very solid, though, for the most part. Obviously, the strong defense that frustrates players. Yeah, four points already for... No, but it's three. I'm sorry. I'm bouncing. I'm looking at other things here. The chart's all messed up, so that's how that goes. Uh, but three points so far for Juler Janek, and he's the leading goal scorer for forwards, which is really funny. But uh, basically, again... Eh, all of these games, I mean, there's there's positive signs, negative signs, this and that. The scoring seems to still be lacking a bit. We started the season on January the 14th against the Los Angeles Kings in Los Angeles. And, of course, the next game was against Los Angeles. And the Wild fell behind 3-1, to one, and we won it in overtime. That's it. That's two games right there in a nutshell. The Wild uh, won two games. is the, the most infamous lead in hockey, the two-goal lead. It's kind of funny, but luckily the Wild come out victors. Wild had a two goal. Uh, <laughs> Wild had a two goal lead against Anaheim and hung on in the final game, three to two. That's always nice. But again, Wild actually on the positive side of the two goal lead, the most infamous lead in hockey. Uh, in both cases, in Los Angeles, Cam Talbot started out pretty, uh, you know, it's like kind of shaky and ended up finishing okay. You know, save percentage of point nine one two. That's very solid. Jonathan Quick started off very well and then downhill things went. Like, oh, Quick Quick looks like he's back. He's back. He's back to being Jonathan Quick again. Nah, not not necessarily. I, I don't think so. At best, he's just going to be kind of okay. And I know the team in front of him is not good. Uh, you got some old, wily legends from the Stanley Cup years, including him. And then other guys that uh, not so much. Uh, and you're waiting on other youngsters to, to come and improve and all that. But uh, that's how that goes. The Wild have a bunch of guys on the roster that there's a good chance they won't be here next year. Marcus Johansson and Nick Bukestad. I don't think they'll be back, but I guess you never know. Jordan Greenway occasionally looks gritty, looks exciting, and then the next minute he looks kind of like, yeah, you know, he's just kind of there. He's just kind of part of things. The Wild third line has been the best line in Minnesota so far, and there's just no question. It's the most cohesive, and they look like a third line. They look like a legitimately good third line. The Wild top line, well, you got Kirill Kaprizov. That's awesome. And then after that, it's like, okay, I, I, I guess that Parisi never scores anymore for some reason. Victor Rask is what he is. He's very slow, though he, he's productive on occasion. Though last night he missed an open net real early, which was, uh, excuse me, that was the, top, the third game. Missed the open net real early. And then that ended up, you know, <laughs> ended up being a uh, harbinger for things to come. The Wild wouldn't score the entire night, getting shut out by John Gibson. Um, that's the frustrating part. Uh, then it was the battle of the backups in game number four. We all appreciated how things went there. Who's been the best player for the Wild so far? I, I mean, it's Kaprizov, sure. Obviously, he's rough around the edges. He passes sometimes when he should just shoot. And, you know, occasionally this and that. Uh, rookie this, rookie that. I mean, he, he's going to adjust to the NHL. That's how it is. But the good news is you saw that initial explosiveness. He can certainly skate, and what has been one of the things lacking for the Minnesota Wild and top prospects for basically 20 years other than Gabrick is skating. And then certain guys might be able to skate, but there's nothing else. You know, like the Stacy Roos type of guys. Maybe he could skate real fast, but he couldn't do a whole lot else. Walls was a spectacular skater. He couldn't always finish, but when he did, it was really beautiful. Uh, stuff like that. But uh, you really do have your Marion Gabrick again. This is your next Marion Gabrick. There's no question about it. And he'll probably end up being better than Marion Gabrick because he does look to set up other players more often than Marion Gabrick did. Uh, multiple times in his first game, multiple assists, 
including the, the game of the season opener, everybody was thinking, you know, oh, who, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Kaprizov, just like Gabrick in his first game, scoring the first goal ever for the Minnesota Wild? That was so cool. And ends up being Jonas Brodin, assisted by Greg Pattern. And, oh yeah, oh yeah, and Kirill Kaprizov, who had the main assist there. Uh, nice play by Kaprizov. But Greg Pattern getting the second assist, and also Greg Pattern playing his, <clears throat> still playing his third last game with Minnesota which is uh, kind of cool, <laughs> I guess, uh, considering who we got in return. Next thing you know, Los Angeles had scored three straight goals throughout the first and second period. Jeff Carter, Andreas Athenaso, and of course, ugh, the infamous Dustin Brown, who always manages to score against us somehow and, or injure somebody. I just ugh, I can't stand Dustin Brown. I don't think anybody really can, honest to God. It's, uh, it's scary. It's frustrating. Victor Rask would get a clutch goal to get things rolling. You know, Victor Rask is one of those guys that he'll usually, you know, when he does score, it's always a big goal. Like, it got things rolling again. And again, another good play by Kaprizov. Matt Dumma getting his first assist on the play. Marcus Foligno tied it up midway through the third period. That made us all feel like a million bucks. There was a bit of back and forth after that. The Wild kept getting more and more chances. And then here came overtime and Kaprizov picks off the puck in the neutral zone and goes all the way, tried to make a move and it went up his skate instead. He tried to go for the forehand instead of the backhand. And uh, on that move, maybe some people would say the backhand would have been the better play. It, it is what it is. It went up his skate. Jonathan Quick could do nothing but kind of kept looking at the replay and shaking his head like, come on, what was that? And as well as Jonathan Quick played, he, well, <laughs> he didn't get the win. And I don't know. I, I, I feel for the guy a little bit, but I guess not too much. Obviously the Kings have been a pain in the ass for the Wild for many years, and now all of a sudden we can actually beat the LA Kings, which is great. Uh, many times the Wild would even lose to the Kings when the Kings weren't good, and we were good, that type of thing. And then, of course, when the Kings were good, it was like, forget about it. It was just demolition derby. And the Kings were good for quite a while, to be quite honest. They just only won two cups out of it, but yeah, only, right? <laughs> only two cups. <laughs> I'm just playing around. But uh, yeah, they did win two cups out of their run. In other years, they were competitive, but, you know, obviously you're not going to win the Cup every year, no matter how good you are, unless you're the 80s Oilers, until they traded Gretzky for what reason. Nobody's still, it's still a mystery on that one. That's still the greatest mystery of the universe in the hockey world. Why did, why did the Oilers trade Gretzky? Yeah, I'm still thinking about that. <laughs> I'm still thinking about the 80s Oilers and Gretzky. <laughs> it's kind of funny when you think about that, but, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, Beautiful feeling, though. I mean, you just, it was like, what is this? We're down 3-1 to one to this Kings team was, you know, like, quick as washed up, and you got these, you know, Kopitar still good, but then there's all these other guys. They're just, who's this again? And then, oh, yay, Dustin Brown. Ugh. Drew Doughty, obviously, yes, excellent, but past his prime. It's like, come on, you, you gotta be better than this. This is lame. Like, what's going on? We weren't getting shots on that. You know, the Kings defense is still solid. That's the thing. Obviously, we weren't getting a whole lot of shots, and then all of a sudden, th the tide started to turn. And the Wild come out victors, and you feel so so much better. Thank God in heaven for that. You go to the second game, which kind of felt better, and then kind of didn't. And then it's like, here we go again. And we went down 3-1 to one again. You score early. Matt Dumba putting the puck in there with his beautiful, powerful wrister. It wasn't like a Dumba, more of a wrister type of a shot. And Jordan Greenway, who also has three points in four games. Good for him. He's actually at least got points on the year. And he looked tough on occasion, particularly in the third game of the year. Him and Ryan Getzloff kind of getting things going, you know, duking it out a bit. Not really a fight, but almost kind of. It was a roughing call on Jordan Greenway. 
again, at least you're seeing him be a little more aggressive, a little bit. And he's scoring some points a little bit, too. So we'll see if it pays off. Ryan Suter had a couple of crappy games, generally speaking. The first game, a lot of people saw Ryan Suter as very disappointing. Second game, kind of the same. I don't know what to think about Suter. Obviously, he's one of the best defensemen, you know, in the NHL historically for his entire career. You don't want to bash on him too much, though, of course, him in the locker room, there's there's that, and there's the, you know, the thought of him, like him and Parisi don't really give a crap, and it's the country club and all that, and I don't disagree with that at all. I, I don't. It's like, you know, kind of obvious in a way. I, I, I think Parisi cares, but but it's just like he needs his way about this, he needs his way about that. Like, remember the whole Adam Oates thing? Stuff like that, and remember how Bruce Boudreaux rolled his eyes real big when they talked about Parisi, mentioned, no, oh, we got to work on the four-on-three power play. we got to work on it. And then, like, somebody brought it up to... Bruce Boudreaux in the post game. I think it was last year. Yeah, before you know, not too long before he got let go. And all you saw were the whites of Boudreaux's eyes. He rolled his eyes back so far. Like, ah, screw that. I'm tired of this. That was basically what Boudreaux said. Kind of what I do at work sometimes as the as the one of the lead trainers. Some of the stuff people say, you know, it's just like, would you just leave me alone? So <laughs> it just it gets that way sometimes. And that's kind of Parisian suitor. Just reading between the lines. That's Parisian suitor. Read between the lines. It. You know, not getting too far into detail. I don't know enough, really. And even if I did, let's just say I probably shouldn't say too much. That type of thing. <laughs> but the Wild, again, uh, after that nice goal by Dumma just before the end. Uh, the Pardon me. That was actually the very beginning of the game. I'm getting all crazy. It was right at the beginning. And beautiful shot. Uh he felt good, like good. Dumma got something through. He didn't get blocked for the 950th time, which you know that's how it goes. I mean, when you when you you, you get predictable, like he's gonna shoot, he's gonna shoot, he's gonna shoot, and that's why he will get irritated when fans yell shoot because it's gonna get blocked. It's too predictable. They all see you there with the puck. You're you know if you so you have to be less predictable, like move the puck around quickly and then shoot that type of thing. Common sense type of situation, but I don't know. At least he finished there. That's good. Again, three goals for L.A. Late in the first, early in the second, kind of three minutes later. It was just boom, boom, boom. Especially those two in the second period, the middle of the second period. It was very disappointing. Wild down three to one. And it's like, okay, we did it last night. Can we do it again? Wouldn't that be great if we could do it again? Uh, I would be very, very happy. And, of course, we were very happy at the end of the day. And of course, again, it was uh, <laughs> the results would be similar. Jewel Erickson Eck getting his first goal of the year. That third line, again, just played very, very well. Very nice to see the third line getting things going. At least Parisi got an assist on the Ryan Suter goal. Another classic Suter-Rister. And it was so dramatic. It was such a great feeling. Again, early in the third period, you thought, okay, yeah, the Wild do have a shot here. Pattern getting his second assist. It's like a miracle. That's about how many points Pattern got the last three years. It's about two points. And he got it in two games. Like, wow, Greg Pattern is scoring now. Well, at least getting second assists. But he's managing to get his name in the scoreboard somehow, some way. He's actually getting assists, even if it's a second one. But that's how it goes. You just move the puck, and then it gets over to the other guy who sets up the next player. Uh, again, third line. Again, Eck. Greenway Felino has played very, 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 very well. I mean, you got to credit even Greenway. A lot of people how you rip him and this and that and be frustrated with him. He's got three points in four games. At least you got that going for you for Jordan Greenway. It feels good. It feels really good. Um, it's very encouraging. And again, Jules Eriksson X scoring there. You felt so good. Suter releases the puck from, from Parisi. 
literally in the nick of time, literally in the nick of time, it goes in, unbelievable feeling, with literally no time left. It was, in hockey, a walk-off, you could say. Because in hockey, it's not like you release the puck and then, okay, you're, it'll count no matter what. No, it has to cross the line before the, the time runs out, and it did. It was an amazing, amazing feeling. The Wild tied up, and he just knew somehow, some way, we might win this thing in overtime. And then nothing happened. Quick was good. Talbot was good in the overtime period. And then Kirill Kaprizov sets up Marcus Johansson. Another point for Kirill the Thrill, his third assist already. Um, awesome feeling. It was four points in just two games for Kirill the Thrill. <laughs> and Marcus Johansson with the wrist there finishes things off in the wild win. Two overtime games. Jonathan Quick didn't break his stick. That's good. Because I've seen him break his stick many times. But the wild defeat the Kings and sweep the little series there. Sweep the little series. And then we head off to Anaheim, which is just like not that far from Los Angeles. The Anaheim game, as you move forward, or at least attempt to, pardon me, with this, uh, there we go. <laughs> Anaheim Ducks on Monday night, Martin Luther King Day. Got to have the day off and enjoy hockey in the evening. That felt really nice. And again, you know, all respect to Martin Luther King, of course. All respect to Martin Luther King. A moment of silence. Yep, all respect to Martin Luther King. Yep, uh... Anaheim, California, Anaheim, L.A. area, whatever the hell you want to call it, Anaheim schmucks, blah, 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 Greg Patterns last game with Minnesota, and we didn't score a goal. But there was a lot of energy in the game. There's no doubt there was a lot of energy. The Minnesota Wild were attacking John Gibson time and time again, particularly in the first period. It kind of would, it would taper off a bit as he moved forward in the game, but generally speaking, the Wild had a good energy in this game. It was fun to watch. The Ducks would get good amount of scoring chances. The Wild would block a lot of their chances as well. The Ducks would block a lot of the Wild chances. 34 shots on that, and John Gibson stopped them all. The former actor. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Gibson stopped them all. He was absolutely great. Gibson had been up and down in the past for the last couple of years, but he's been as advertised. You know, He was supposed to be an excellent goalie of the future, and he is. Ryan Miller's still playing, by the way, and he would play him again the next night. Cam Talbot. If you didn't like his goals against average so much in the first couple of games, which was under three goals a game because it went to OT. So that's the good part. At least it was under three goals a game, but still kind of Staylockish numbers, unfortunately. Giving up three regulation goals. Unfortunately, yes, and Greenway had multiple penalties in the game, but uh, yep, roughing a bit with uh, the big captain there, Ryan Getzloff. He's, you know, he was kind of chirping at uh, Greenway, like, get out of here, rookie, that type of thing. Uh, Nick Benino won, won 11 faceoffs in the game. He's he's kind of the new Koivu at the time, at the moment, excuse me. 11 faceoffs for Benino. Benino the Koivu. Fiala, did you notice they haven't been mentioning Fiala scoring? He certainly has been getting shots on net. Like he had, what, like eight shots on net in the first game and five and that one, and next one, five and this one now. He's been getting the shots on net. He's even been getting some hits, this and that, but no goals or assists for Kevin Fiala so far. Hopefully that changes. That's kind of a bummer. Four games, no goals, no assists for Kevin Fiala. Not even assists. So hopefully the chemistry can get uh, going in the right, the right direction because Fiala was so freaking good. And he's been playing well. It's just not showing up in the scoreboard. And it's, it's frustrating. He's been making moves. He's been creating scoring chances for himself and others. And it's just not been happening, unfortunately. Uh, he is obviously, the still, he's still exactly the same stud player we saw last year, it's just not showing up on the stat sheet. I, I know, and I keep saying that and repeating myself, but it's frustrating. Uh, Nico Sturm somehow had six shots on net against the Ducks. That is insane. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. The captain, Jared Spurgeon, I don't even think I even talked about it since the last show. 
I didn't see. Just so many things have happened since the, the season preview. We were kind of expecting Spurgeon, but it might be Parisi, blah, blah, blah. And yes, congratulations to Jared Spurgeon, the new captain of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, not a whole lot has changed that way. It's just, I guess, you don't get grumpy Koivu anymore, I suppose. Maybe Spurgeon's a little bit calmer. <laughs> you get grumpy Koivu, this and that. But we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, hey, there we're 3-1 with Jared Spurgeon as captain. So that's a good thing. Some some new blood at the captain position, even though he's 30 already. Um this was a very entertaining game to watch. We just didn't win. We just didn't score. That was the bummer about it. Entertaining stuff. Entertaining hockey game. It just was like, ah, oh, come on, Gibson. Damn it. And, of course, the Ducks blocking all the shots they blocked. And we're happy for them. And, ah, uh, that's how it goes. Uh, one thing about this game, though, according to Natural Stat Trick, thank you, Declan Goff, for bringing this up on the show, on the uh, Judd's Hockey Show in the past, and of course reminding me about it, I asked him on Twitter, so thank you, shout out to Declan Goff, Score North, reminding me about the website, because it was like, I thought I had bookmarked it, and it's that obscure name, and it, it looks obscure, it looks like it's from the late 90s, but it's not from the late 90s, obviously, it's an awesome webpage, awesome, where you get the heat map, as they call it, where all the shots are from, and how many, like the amount of shots, like the more intense the color is, that type of thing, Lots and lots and lots and lots of one-timers and such that just didn't work out in the game. That was the frustrating part. You can just see the three balls. The three, and Anaheim did the same thing. It seemed like both teams were kind of playing back. There, there wasn't a whole lot of super great, spectacular scoring chances in the game for either team. That's kind of the vibe here. It's, you know, there was, I mean, they're, they're scoring chances, but you know what happened. I mean, these are attempts. Don't forget, these are attempts, not just... These are not shots on goal, necessarily. They, they might have been, but they're attempts. Constantly, you can just see how it's setting up, whereas just, you're constantly setting up for one-timers and slap shots, but I mean, generally, one-timers, isn't that? It's just, maybe they were a little on the predictable side, or they just kind of, you know, but it seemed like neither team really went into the, really went deep into the slot there to try to score. It, it just, that was kind of the vibe in most of the game, unfortunately. That's kind of typical Wild. Anaheim was actually worse about it. I mean, there's nothing in front of the net. Absolutely nothing for Anaheim or the Wild. It's kind of all over the place, but it's heavier in the, uh, the heavier on the, uh, it would be the, that would be the left circle. And of course, you know, the, the high slot, you know, and then kind of close to the low slot, a few one-timers there or uh, attempts, you know, you try to get something set up, this and that, and it just it couldn't get it going on the right side. <sighs> it's unfortunate, but it's not like the Wild played poorly. If it was a playoff game, we'd be analyzing it deeper, like, damn it, look at all this, and we still couldn't get it done. This this actually was a typical Wild playoff game. Like, say, it's game one of the first round, or whatever. Just like when the Wild got shut down by Demko last year, and we were just freaking pissed. And then the, the the heat map in that game, I believe it was, I forget if it was game two or three. I mean, it was blood everywhere. Blood in terms of all the shots, the the attempts. And then, like, nothing nothing worked. Because it was all just so freaking frustrating. It was so freaking frustrating. Oh, this says unblocked shots. Okay, well, they just didn't go in. <laughs> they just didn't go in. That's all. We just didn't make the shots. <laughs> That's great. Um, but, yeah, natural stat trick. I'll give that another plug. Obviously, it's really good. You know, I, I kind of like that it looks like the late 90s, back when the Minnesota Wild were, you know, we were the Minnesota NHL hockey team. We weren't necessarily the Wild yet. And then, But I suppose by 97, late 97, and then early 98 and all that, we were already the Wild. But we just had the circular logo. We didn't have the, 
you know, the completed product and all that stuff. But I don't know. This was one of this was this was like a typical Minnesota Wild Laugh game in a lot of ways. <laughs> it kind of was. Uh, Lindholm, Hampus Lindholm, a couple of blocks. Larson, Jacob Larson, lots of blocks. Had Adam Henrique three blocks. So Anaheim obviously blocks everywhere. Blocked blocks attempt blocked attempts. So the Wild attempted like well over fifty shots in the game, probably close to sixty. Uh, Wild had some blocks, but not like Anaheim. Not like Anaheim. No. So Wild were definitely the aggressor, and but Anaheim was very very. Stingy, very stout defensively. And, of course, uh, John Gibson was absolutely spectacular, and that's just kind of all you got to say about that. Three hits for Kevin Fiala in this game. Five for uh, Felino. It's just funny. Fiala's actually high on the hits charge now, which is entertaining. But, again, unfortunately unable to score. And that's just all there is to say, other than uh, early in the third period, Desliaz was able to get his first goal of the year, assisted by Kevin Shattenkirk and Carter Rowney. All their first point of the year, basically, for those guys. Anaheim's not been a scoring team for a long time. Not since Ryan Getzlaff was young and winning the cup, basically, back in uh, 07. Way back in the day. Let's keep moving. The Wild actually win the game last night over the Anaheim Ducks. 3-2. to two. Entertaining. More entertaining game because at least we scored. You got to see Kapo Kakinen, <laughs> the pronunciation has been all over the place, but Kapo Kakinen was able to stop only 22 shots. The Wild really stifled the Ducks in a big way. Uh, it's That's the good part. And, of course, the best part is the Wild got the win. So And Kapo Kakinen, he ended up getting the bucket, as they call it, in the locker room, getting his first win of the year. So I think he's a legitimate backup. A lot of people are saying he doesn't look as good as last year. Well, it's just one game. We'll see what happens. Ryan Miller kind of did what he could. He was okay. He was solid in the game. The Wild gave him a gave him a bit of a hard time, which is good. You know, we were able to get some good scoring chances. Jewel Erickson Eck with a couple of points last night. Very exciting. He had the first goal in the second LA game. Two points last night. Three points on the year for Jewel Erickson Eck. Kaprizov also getting another assist. Greenway another assist. Ryan Hartman scored early on Benino's first goal of the year. His second point. One goal, one assist so far on the year. For Nicholas Bonino. Boninos. I was a bit terrified when the Wild went up 2 nothing. Because what does 2 nothing mean? It means watch out. What does a two-goal lead in the NHL mean? It means watch out. See the LA Kings. See the Wild a million times over the years. As the Wild did give up the two-goal lead. That was the scary part. The Wild didn't get give up the two-goal lead. <laughs> Nicholas Dislores again scores. Cam Fowler. Carter Rowney assisting on both of those goals. Good for him, I guess. And Nicholas, yeah, ND, let's just call him, able to get his first assist of the year. He got all his first points of the season against Minnesota in the last couple of games here. Jewel of a go- jewel of a center, Eric Sinek. He's the leading center on the wild right now in terms of scoring because it ain't going to be Victor Rask. Uh, Bukestad, I don't know. He's just okay. He's just okay. He's like a much weaker Koivu, <clears throat> whatever that means, right? Victor Rask is, I swear that uh, Mr... Billy Garen, as he likes to be called, Billy. Billy Garen is. <laughs> I swear he's he's showcasing Rask. That's that's my guess. He's showcasing him, wants to get him out there, and if he plays fairly well, maybe somebody will be willing to make a trade. That's what it feels like, and also it's a reminder of like we just don't have centers. Julius Eck is good. It's just you want to put him as the number one center. You might have to at some point, but then again, I don't know. 
Well, he, he, he was able to work with Kirill Kaprizov and Greenway working together on a line at the time there. Maybe it was kind of in the midst of a switch, but of course, you, just, but you left Kaprizov out there because you want him out there more often than not. The Wild end up winning the game on Julian X early third period goal. Some good, solid defense down the stretch. <clears throat> the Wild getting the job done in Cabo Kakinen, settling down after giving up a couple of goals in a fairly short time there in the second period. Second period's been kind of tough on the Wild, generally speaking. It sure has this year. Nick Benino's goal finally ended the Wild's power play drought, which is insane. I mean, <laughs> so the Wild are now 1 for 20 on the power play. 5%. 5% in the league. 5% right now so far for the Minnesota Wild on the power play. 5%. Well, we finally scored, though. 1 for 4 on the power play versus the Anaheim Ducks. Nick Benino, of all people, on the power play. But hey, hey, he scored. He, he scored. So what am I complaining for? He freaking scored. So... That's the good part. The Wild end up winning the game. But, you know, second goal of the game, kind of, sort of, midway through the second, I'd say fairly early, right before Anaheim started scoring and tying the game up, making us all sad and crazy at the end of the day. Nice game for Jules Eriksson. I'll just keep saying that. Those guys working together on the power play. Just imagine Jules Eriksson and Nick Benino on the power play. Interesting. Well, it, it works, though. Hey, it worked, and... The, somebody had to score, and I guess it was Nick Benino from uh, Jewel Erickson Eck. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess. I guess that's the best we can do. And of course, other than having uh, Zach Parisi being the center on the first power play, you know, with Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala, uh, talk about rather having uh, Dumba on the first power play unit. I agree with that. I mean, I don't know why he's not out there. Uh, Spurgeon. Dumba and Spurgeon together. Yeah, not a bad idea. That was Judd Zolgad bringing that idea up. Can't really say I disagree with that idea. Like, what's, I don't know, like, why not? I think you can do that. Though, of course, again, they're both right shots, so that's another conversation for another day. Well, at least the Wild, at the end of the day, despite how not so exciting some of these games were, there was, hey, there were wins. There, That was the result. You won. And if it was a seven-game series, we'd be up three games to one right now. So, and if it was a five-game play-in situation, the Wild would have won the series. Woo-hoo! So that's good. You, you, you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere, and I guess the Wild kind of did. <laughs> so there you go. With that, we'll take a we'll not take a break. We'll actually get into the awards. The Mike Madonna Award for this episode has got to be Kirill Kaprizov, possibly the first of many, many, many awards for him. The James Shepard Memorial. It could go to multiple players like Parisi for only getting an assist. At least he got one point in there. I thought he didn't even get anything, but no, he was able to scamper in one, <laughs> get one point out of it, just barely. I know they did take it away. That's what I thought. They took his assist away. He had one, and they took it away. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking deal there. Uh, so that sucks. It's not like he's played poorly. It's just he's not getting results. Uh, Kevin Fiala's not getting results either. It's really weird seeing him down there at the bottom with no points. Marcus Johansson's been probably about as uninspiring as they come. Yes, he scored the game-winning goal in overtime, so I probably can't give it to him either. Uh, it's 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 a tough call. I mean, heck, Spurgeon doesn't even have a point. Isn't that the weirdest thing ever? Isn't that weird? Suter's got three points, and he's played kind of lousy. See, isn't that the, just the darndest thing? I'm going to... With deep apologies and thank you for the game-winning goal, I'll still give it to Marcus Johansson, and it'll be a very soft, gentle one, because he did not. he has not played well. He doesn't look good out there. 
he's not good at wing or center, it looks like. Um, I don't think the Wild will bring him back, but I suppose it's just the first couple of games. Things can change very dramatically. Uh, Buke's dad's been invisible for the most part, in my opinion, though. You know, he's, he's okay. He's more defensive-minded, physical guy than anything else. Uh, of course, we'll talk about the acquisition of Ian Cole as well. It's, it's you know, it's, you know, you've moved on from uh, Greg Patteron, and you got, you know, you bring in the cap hit of $4 million. Uh, Colorado's absorbing 800k of it. Ian Cole has had a decent career, there's no question about it. And he's a tiny bit older than Greg, pa- Greg Patteron. Again, a gentle, gentle uh, James Shepard Memorial for Marcus Johansson opening up the season. I'll talk about Ian Cole really quick, and I apologize. Probably should have brought him up a little bit earlier. Just generally speaking, you know, he's been around for a long time. He's had some okay seasons with. St. Louis, Colorado, he won a Stanley Cup with Pittsburgh, just like Nick Bonino. That's kind of the thought process here from Mr. Bill Guerin. 26 points very recently, 1920 with Colorado. 26 points actually tied a career high with the Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins in 2017, 20, uh, 2016-17. Pittsburgh's second Stanley Cup championship over the Nashville Predators. That would be Paul Fenton's Nashville Predators at the time. <laughs> they won the Cup there. Uh, that's funny. Our two two assistant GMs went against each other in the Cup Finals at 17. Think think about that. That wasn't even that long ago. Uh, 26 points for Ian Cole. Again, more of a more of a gritty, tough guy. You know, he's got the teeth missing, that kind of thing. One of those type of guys. But he'll he'll put in some points here and there. A couple assists here and there. You know, blah blah blah. 26 points last year, though. Still got it going. It's not like his career is vanishing off the face of the earth. Colorado just wanted to kind of save some cap space, which is funny, because Greg Pattern is pretty expensive for what he is, like over $2 million a year for Greg Pattern. It's kind of weird. But that's uh, Paul Fenton, generally uh, a really good scout. He sucked at free agency, and generally behind the scenes he wasn't a good guy, obviously. Um, made some weird moves also as well, like those weird waiver moves with uh, Anthony Batetto, which really messed things up put the Wild in a bind at an inopportune time and bleeped up any chance of making any postseason that year when he did that. So, Paul Fenton got fired for many reasons. Death by a thousand cuts, just like Michael Russo would say <laughs> for him. Very interesting, though. We got the, uh, yep, we got another Pittsburgh Penguin in the mix. Former Penguin, of course, played very well with Colorado the last couple of years. And, you know, good for him. A couple of points in the postseason last year for the Lanch, both assists. Unfortunately, their season would end uh, their postseason would end early because, uh, you know, they just didn't have the goaltending. You know, no no Grubauer, but this year he's healthy again, and we'll, we'll see. Welcome to the Minnesota Wild, number 28, Ian Cole. First round, 18th pick, St. Louis Blues, 2007. Ann Arbor, Michigan native. Okay, I think you get the point now. <laughs> With that said, we'll take a quick break and preview four games against two teams. So, we'll just talk about two teams. That's the easy part. Here on Brave, the Wild, going to preview four games, but only two games to talk about, two teams to talk about anyway. Apologize if I might seem a little bit rusty. I'm feeling rusty today. I don't know what the problem is. Uh, it's been a while since I've done hockey games, <laughs> since I've done games with the Wild, since like back in August. Feels like eternity, and it was a while ago. It just feels even longer. 
but I guess that's what happens with long layoffs and it's it's weird. I apologize if, if it's coming off like I'm rusty. It's kind of weird. So hopefully it's not. San Jose Sharks, San Jose Shocks, whatever the heck they are. Luckily coming up tomorrow night, so can't wait to see more hockey. Wish it was tonight even, but uh, you can't play back-to-back all the time. San Jose Sharks are 2-2. Two and two. The Wild are 3-1 and one on the season. Sharks obviously have talented players. Thomas Hurdle, Evander Kane, Martin Jones, I wouldn't call him talented. That's for sure. Still not sure what's going on with Marco Rossi and the upper body injury for Minnesota. Matt Zuccarello with the arm. Alex Daylock upper body. And a lot of people say it's heart-related, which is scary. For San Jose, the only situation is uh, Rudolph's Belsars, Belsars with visa issues. Visa. So, he's, so, his, so his credit card's not working? Okay, I know. I'm sorry. Which obviously, uh, it, uh, you know, it's uh, immigration. Yeah, but I don't know. I couldn't resist. Uh, Minnesota Wild penalty kill has been absolutely outstanding, and it's been noticeably outstanding. Yes, like I said, 5% on the power play for Minnesota, 5, because we finally got one from Nicholas Bonino. Nicholas, okay, Nick Bonino, 27th in the league. I thought we might as well be dead last at that point, but I guess not. Sharks are 8th on the power play, 27.8. That's really high. That's really high, but of course it's the beginning of the season, so numbers are going to be bloated a bit. Uh, penalty kill third in the league for the Wild, 92.3. That's outstanding. 86.7 for the Sharks in these upcoming games. Minnesota has been very good in the goals against category. Sharks, not surprisingly, giving up a lot of goals. 14 so far, Wild 9. 12th in the league for Minnesota, 23rd for the Sharks. Minnesota and San Jose dead even with 11 goals apiece on the season. And again, in four games. So it's not like it's a bloated number for either club. Well, you're going to play the Sharks, oh, nine times this year. Nine. Nine times. Of course, you got the two-game series, and we don't play them until March. And then we play them four times in April in about a week. Wrap your head around that. <laughs> well, all right. That could uh, put the wild in the postseason if the Sharks are sucky. But occasionally, we suck against the Sharks. Unfortunately, the last two games of the season will be against the Sharks and the Shark Tank. And occasionally, again, like I just said, we suck in San Jose. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. Let's take advantage of this Minnesota and go 6-3, and 7-2. Seven and, seven and Wouldn't that be nice? Or maybe 5-4. and four. Let's just win. Let's just win the series. Can we please do that? Wild, of course, 3-1 on the year. Only lost to Anaheim, getting shut out. Sharks lost two games in a row in the middle there, bookending with wins on the 14th and 20th against Arizona and the Blues, and of course lost to Arizona and the Blues. So there will be a lot of repetition throughout the season. I think you already know that. Jewel Eriksenek is the leading goal scorer for the Wild. Yeah! And Thomas Hurdle is off to a great start. Remember he had that fancy-dancy goal years ago in that four-goal game? It was cool and everything. Devin Dubnik has been awful. I would not be surprised one bit if Devin, Double D Dubnik, is in that one of the nights coming up. Very likely. He actually replaced Martin Jones. Martin, no, Martin Jones in one of the games, and he's not any better than Martin Jones. Neither goaltender has a save percentage of 90. Neither goaltender has a goals against average below 2. So the Wild should have some fun putting some, putting some pucks in the net, hopefully. But we'll see how Tommy H. Thomas Hurdle and Evander Kane do as well against Minnesota with the scoring uh, scoring chances. Eric Carlson, I don't think he's even been good since coming to San Jose. He's not the same guy like he was in Ottawa. I mean, he was a superstar in Ottawa. It seemed like he aged like five years when he got to San Jose. That's just my opinion. Maybe I'm full of crap and you're like listening to me and rolling your eyes. Brent Burns is Brent Burns, though. He's going to get his 60 points again, regardless if the team is good or they suck. Like they're in the cup finals or they're number one in the draft. That's kind of too major swings there, the pendulum. 
uh, North Pole, South Pole, but that's kind of been the Sharks pretty much. It's all or nothing with San Jose these days. Uh, Thomas Hurdle, yeah, they're not going to any playoffs with this goaltending situation. They actually got worse. The Wild got better. There's no question about that. Both teams stunk in goal last year. Aaron Dell has moved on. I can't remember where, and it doesn't matter right now. I don't think he's in our division, so we won't be talking about Aaron Dell until the postseason, probably. <laughs> it's just, it's sad. We're not going to play Ottawa. We're not going to play Pittsburgh. We're not going to play Toronto. We're not going to play Calgary. We're not going to play Edmonton. It's sad, isn't it? I, I do think it's sad. But, well, yay, we get to play the Sharks a million times. We get to play the... Uh, Vegas Golden Knights a million times, which I'm going to enjoy. Hopefully the Wild continue to be successful versus them. To me, let, let's keep going. Let's score some goals, take advantage of it. This is in XL Energy Center for the first time this year. So we get to see XL Energy Center with no fans in it, with all uh, those banners. We'll see what the banners look like. Hopefully they're cool. So far, the team that gets the award for the coolest look in their stadium, their arena, Calgary Flames. Oh, it is gorgeous. Oh, it's gorgeous. I was expecting more from the uh, Vegas one. It's okay. It looks kind of weird. It's not as nice. The Calgary Flames, oh, that, and they've been wearing only retro this year. I, that might be their main thing again, and I hope it is. I say do away with the Black Sea. I like the classic red and white sea. Oh, Calgary wins hands down this year for the most beautiful looking arena with the uh, the band, you know the uh, you know the tarp or whatever the heck that stuff is. You know the the seat covering. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. If you have the NHL ticket, watch a Calgary game in Calgary. Please, please, for your own sake. It is beautiful. Unless you absolutely hate that, kind of that orangish-red color, but I love it. I think it's awesome. Love the Calgary Flames uh, look this year. Awesome. Off topic, I apologize. Minnesota Wild, let's take advantage. Let's score some goals. Let's kick some ass. Watch out for the power play, because I think the Sharks are going to score as well. I mean, obviously they're going to score. If we shut out the Sharks, good for us. That's great. Uh, you know, we're both teams that score a little bit this year. We're not that bad. We're we're doing okay in the in the goal scoring category than Wild and the Sharks. Can we sweep San Jose? I, I say we we should, but maybe we won't. I don't know. I mean, let's let's score. Gosh, I hope so, man. I'm trying. What has been the Sharks scoring? Yeah, God, they've got five goals, or they've given up five goals in both of the losses. Yeah, oh, that's bad. They only scored two goals against St. Louis, but one recently. That's the, by far the best game for the Sharks, a 2-1 to one win, of course, defensively, that type of thing. Wild have been very sound defensively. Uh, the Vancouver game didn't, yeah, that was way back in August, so that was the, the postseason ender. The Wild have not given up more than three goals in a game, knock on wood. Hopefully we continue to do that. I think if we do that, the Wild should sweep this series. I think the Wild should have a good chance of sweeping the series versus the Sharks. At the end of the day, I, I really do. Uh, just keep them under three, though I wouldn't be surprised if the Sharks do get four in one of the games. Obviously, they have an immense amount of... Uh, they, they have an ability to score. The young young talent, obviously, you know, Hurdle, he's not that young, but he's still fairly young. And um, it's, it's crazy. Um, it's... <laughs> Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, obviously. But I think Minnesota has a good chance of sweeping the series. I'm going to pick a sweep. I'm going to pick a sweep. I think maybe we'll lose one to L.A., unfortunately. But start off the season 6-2, and two, I mean, you can't complain about that. Well, they have a chance to be awesome this year. But, of course, then, re- then reality checks in at the end of January with the Colorado Avalanche. You take a break. You take care of business there. Okay, let's, uh, let's have some home ice advantage throughout the playoffs here. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be absolutely awesome if that were to take place, but again, we'll have to wait and see with that one. 
I'm going to pick the Wild to sweep the Sharks. I am going to pick the Wild to sweep the Sharks. I'm going to go 5-3 to three tonight, or to what Friday night, pardon me. Most likely guy to score is Kirill Kaprizov in that game. I think he'll get his second goal of the season. 5-3. to three. I think he's going to get two goals in that game. I think Kaprizov will have two goals against the Sharks on the 22nd, on the 24th, Sunday evening. Beautiful. Right as we are starting to figure out who's going to the Super Bowl. Go Bills. Go uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. That would be great. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bills. <laughs> I don't want Kansas City Green Bay, even though that's probably a better matchup, but I don't care. Go, Bills. Go, Bucks, damn it. I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl again, and I don't think any of us want to see Green Bay. I would hope not, but maybe a Wisconsinite or two is listening, because, yeah, maybe you are. Milwaukee Admirals. Go, go, Admirals, right? Except when they play the Iowa Wild. <laughs> uh, if they ever play again. Oh, in February. Yay. So far. Uh, I think the Wild do sweep the series five to three in the first game. The next game, four to four to three or four to no five to four. I think San Jose is going to score some more points in the next game. Maybe Kakinen has struggles. Maybe it's Dubnik and Kakinen, and then Kakinen ends up winning. The Sharks, the Sharks' offense gets the job done a bit, but the Wild ends up saving the day. Thomas Hurdle has a multi-goal game, unfortunately, but I believe the most likely guy to score in that one will be. Oh, boy. Who is it going to be this time around? Let's go with uh, Jared Spurgeon's going to end his goal, goal drought. Jared Spurgeon. No, Kevin Fiala will end his goal drought with a two-goal game. With a two-goal game, Kevin Fiala and Kirill Kaprizov will have multiple goals against the Sharks in the two games. Kevin Fiala will end his goal drought uh, in that game. He might even end it on Friday night, but i got a feeling Kirill's going to have two goals against the Sharks in that one, and Fiala We'll have two goals in the next one. Maybe it'll flip-flop, but I think both of them have a multiple goal game against both games in the Wild win 5-4 to sweep the series. Then we go on to play the Los Angeles Kings again, who we just did. Jonathan Quick and all that, you know, who's going to be who's going to be a net for Minnesota. Alex Turcotte, lower body injury. Turcotte, we all know who that is. No. <laughs> uh, Martin Frick and Matt Luff, undisclosed injury for him. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, of course, the Wild, the same guys. Anze Kopitar leading the club in assists. Yep. Uh, and then the most difficult name there is. No, not. <laughs> Athen Hizal has is leading the Kings in goals scored at this point. Of course, I'm sure it'll be quite different by then. The Kings haven't been scoring a whole lot. The Wild are okay in that category. Kings and Wild are semi-even with the goals against. But the Wild a little better, of course, because the Wild beat the Kings, which is nice. Kings power play significantly better than Minnesota so far. And the Kings actually have a decent power uh, penalty kill as well, which is nice, I guess. They're 10th in the league, 18th on the power play. It's, you know, and we play the Kings eight times this year. No, we play the Kings. We do play the Kings eight times this year. Eight times. Uh, we'll see what happens. Again, we're sweeping them so far. Unfortunately, I think I think the Wild, well, I, I think we're going to split this series. I, I think the Kings get one out of this uh, out of this deal. Probably this one. I think the Kings will win the uh, the 26th over the Minnesota Wild, but the most likely guy to score, Zach Parise, will finally score a goal if he hadn't already versus the Sharks. Maybe he, maybe he netted one or two in that series as well. But I think the Wild uh, lose to the Kings. Unfortunately, 3-2, to two, Zach Parise will score his first goal of the season in that one. 3-2 to two loss for the Minnesota in that game, Jonathan Quick finally gets his revenge, shuts us down significantly, and I think the Kings' stifling defense will get the job done there. But I believe Minnesota wins on the 28th over the Los Angeles Kings by a final score of 
Will it go to overtime again? No. This time it's a regulation win. Maybe we'll go 5-3 to three with an empty netter. Or even 4-2. to two. Maybe the Wild really shut down this Kings team. Let's go with 4-2 to two with an empty netter over the Los Angeles Kings. Most likely guy to score in this one. It'll be Jewel Erickson Eck. Jewel Erickson Eck will score again against the Los Angeles Kings. Maybe the empty netter, but one way or another, Jewel Erickson Eck will at least have three goals by the end of this game. And the Minnesota Wild finish the... Uh, the Minnesota Wild finish after next week with a 6-2 and two record on the season, and then reality sets in with the Colorado Avalanche, and if you split that, that's good. You sweep it. Holy Mother of Moses. That would be absolutely beautiful. But that's my point of view on that one. How should I approach this now? I guess segment 3, I'm going to keep it the way it is, where it'll be prospects and then fan interaction. Because fan interaction is sporadic. Sometimes it's busy, and sometimes it's, you know, it looks busy, and then it isn't that. It doesn't take that long. I keep going back and forth. Actually, I think this season, with the fact that... Yeah, I'm going to switch this again. Uh, again, apologize that I'm bouncing everywhere. But I think with the fact that the uh, pre-games might be a little shorter, even though I ramble sometimes with the uh, playing the same team multiple times, I'll put in the prospects in segment number two for now. But in the future, when we get back to regulation, uh, like regular seasons again, like real regular seasons again, I'll have the... Uh, fan interaction, and the prospect talk in the same segment. Yeah, we'll just go that direction now. So let's talk about the, the prospects, shall we? And unfortunately, of course, guys like Kalen Addison and Adam Beckman, guys like that, are not going to be... <laughs> there's not any updates on them at the moment. Marco Rossi's injured, blah, blah, blah. But we can look around a bit. The college players like first off, Matthew Boldy, just been awesome. Philip Lindbergh, unfortunately, the guy, again, my first ever Gone Puck Wild article written about. Not off to a good start. Only two games so far for UMass Amherst. Not sure what's going on there, if he's banged up or they're just kind of afraid to put him in for the moment. He's been struggling. 3.45 goals against average. Very sad after an amazing start to his collegiate career in the first two seasons. Goals against average below two. Multiple shutouts. Not sure what to say there. It's unfortunate, so we'll see what happens with Philip Lindbergh. Rooting for you. Rooting for you, just in case you're listening. Uh, Alexander Hovanov. It was it was a frustrating start to the KHL again with him, and I don't know, he's banged up as well. Only seven games so far, and he's a plus two. That's it. No points whatsoever. Ivan Lodney, I believe he's in the KHL. Yes, he is. He's got seven points in 27 games. For Minsk Dynamo. Minsk Dynamo. Uh, not spectacular numbers. I guess that's about what he would do in Iowa. Probably maybe slightly better. I would think he'd do better in Iowa. A couple of years ago when he was with Iowa, he didn't score at all. But he kept getting a little better in the OHL. I think Ivan Lodnian has got to be in the pros now. One way or another, be it AHL, KHL, this or that. And, of course, he wanted to be playing because there's, you know, they're still waiting for the stupid... Uh, uh, AHL to get started. You have to wait all the way till February. I, I just think that's too long. That's too long. That's not good. I think that's hurting a lot of players. Oh, Bryce Misley. Dang it. You know, really rooting for you. University of Vermont. Only one assist so far in eight games. Starting things out. That's heartbreaking. But uh, because I like Bryce Misley, I'm rooting for him. I'm pretty sure his father follows Brave the Wild on Twitter. At Brave the Wild for that. Nick Swaney, the two-time national champ and all that. Of course, uh, all the guys from 2016... So either in the NHL or too far gone, this or that, when you get into the 15 and stuff. Obviously, Kirill Kaprizov finally in the NHL, five points, blah, blah, blah. Kunin's on the 
Thrashers, Brandon DeHame is on the uh, Iowa Wild. Sokolov, Iowa Wild. She's in. Not sure what's going on there. I'll look at him for the heck of it. But I don't think he's coming to Minnesota. University of Alberta won game so far like a year ago. I don't know what happened there. So he's vanished off the face of the earth. Unfortunately, maybe a major injury. That or he just gave up on the, on the game, which occasionally does happen. Nick Sweeney. Nick Sweeney so far more than a point a game. He is dominating. He's a senior for the University of Minnesota Duluth. They're trying to get their third national championship in four years. The only reason why they didn't necessarily three-peat last year is they didn't get a chance to three-peat. For the first time in his career, in Sweeney's case, since his freshman year anyway, he's got more assists than goals, but he's kind of doing a bit of both. 15 points in 13 games. Been very dominant and has, of course, been very clutch throughout his entire collegiate career. Love what he's done. Jacob Golden, why the heck not check up on him? But then again, no, it can't. He's a junior player still. I don't know why he's still in the juniors, but I don't know. Uh, Mason Shaw, again, the multiple ACLs, and we're waiting for the AHL for him again. He's healthy and ready to go. Samuel Sam Henches, gotta love what he's done for St. Cloud State now in his junior year. Still not a point a game, unfortunately. Ten points in 15 games. You could actually argue he's kind of down a little bit from last year. A little bit. Hopefully he can pick it up a bit as the season progresses. Minnesota Gophers, man, amazing. Like, number one in the country. I believe there's no way they're going to be in that anymore after getting swept by Notre Dame, Notre Dame last week, unfortunately. And as I suspected, as I just wanted to jump on the fly here, Minnesota drops to fourth in the rankings. Well, so at least we'd be frozen four-bound in a way. Just kind of on paper, frozen four-bound. Two first-place votes at least. Boston College dominating, and of course, well... The good news about Boston College being the number one team in college right now, well, a couple years ago they kind of stunk, but then Paul Fenton drafted a lot of guys that wound up going there, and they were either just starting to go there or wound up going there a couple years later. They were planning on it already. Nestorenko, you know, Jack McBain was already there. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Now, the Wild did reacquire Sean Boudreaux. We reacquired his rights. Of course, he's still, you know, a junior player at age 21. I think he's got to get out of the juniors by now. I don't know. Chiru, he's going to be on most likely Iowa Wild, I believe. Marshall Warren, there's your first Boston College guy. He doesn't put up a whole lot of numbers. He's just a very solid, steady defenseman who's a left shot. We'll see what happens. And, of course, Ian Cole is a left shot as well. But talk is, yeah, he's going to keep playing with Susie despite two left shots. It's, like, been that way forever, I guess. Uh, I don't know, just like with Brad Hunt. They refuse to bring up Louis Belpedio to be on the third pairing. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd give Louis Belpedio a chance if I were... Uh, the Wild, but I guess I'm not the Wild. Uh, three points so far for Marshall Warren in 10 games, two assists leading the way with that, anyway. Uh, Philip Johansson's a big topic, too, before we go back to college. He was kind of doing his usual, like, point every nine games or something, if, if you're lucky, that type of thing. And then all of a sudden, he had, like, eight points in nine games. Uh, Philip Johansson, absolutely awesome. He's now at 10 points in 29 games. He had an explosion lately. Uh, he's really picked it up. He had an eight-point and nine-game uh, run there. He has really stepped it up. Philip Johansson. So we'll see. Ten points so far in 29 games. As This is the year where the Wild have to make a decision to retain his rights or just kind of give up and uh, get compensation in the NHL uh, entry draft moving forward for him being a failed first-round pick. So maybe. Maybe he winds up being something. Uh, he's finally scoring some points there over there. Uh, good for him. Good for Mr. Philip Johansson in that Swedish league there. Swedish leagues are not that easy, so good for him to be productive in that case. I mean, when you think of Sweden, you think of defensemen. I mean, there's just legendary defensemen from Sweden, so uh, Nestorenko, 
Nikita Nesterenko, the guy I kept following for the Chiliwack Chiefs, at least just last year with the uh, uh, the British Columbia Hockey League. God, I love that. I loved covering that, and I will be covering it again whenever it starts up, February or something like that. Boston College, 10 points, 10 games for the freshman Nikita Nesterenko out of Brooklyn, New York. Well done, Nikita. He has been awesome. He's had some game-winning goals. He's had some highlights. He's a plus seven. Nikita Nestorenko getting the job done. Good for Nikita. Okay, you get the point. He's an absolutely great. Uh, Guskov. And, um, yep, he's in the. He's. I guess he's in the KHL, but only one game so far. I, I don't know, and that's it. It's just nothing much to say there. Beckman, same thing. Hunter Jones, yeah, he's juniors, I believe, unless he went, nope, he did, of course he didn't go overseas, so there's nothing to say there. First off, another college player who's been, first of all, great. No, he's been okay. Six points in four games, and he was in the World Championships, World Junior Championships, and he did not score a point. No points, no plus minus, nothing. No penalty minutes. Six points in four games for the U of Connecticut. So far, two of them were goals for first off, but he did have a very good week this past week. Big time. A very, very strong week this past week, thanks to MW Prospects bringing that up and making him the best player there. Matthew Boldy had a great under-20 tournament. He was great. Had a hat-trick. Had some other great moments. Seven points in seven games. And a gold medal. Good for him. Beating Canada. That was awesome. They kicked some butt. They shut him out. Obviously strong second half of the season for Boston College, getting moved up in the top six. And now he's got 11 points in eight games for Boston College, the number one team in the nation which might be, uh, yet again, the team that knocks the Govers out of the uh, the tournament, the Frozen Four or something. How many times does that happen and the Govers get far? It's either Boston U or Boston College. That's why the 1980 Olympic team didn't get along for a while because it was half Govers and half, like, you know, Boston University, Boston College type of guys. They didn't get along real well because, there's a, you know, it's always been that way. <laughs> there's always that kind of a bitter rivalry between those two clubs. It's not like a bitter rivalry now, because it's not like we've been in the tournament every year or anything, but, you know, a little bit. It's like an old thing, and since the 90s, pretty much, this team, these uh, East Coast teams have been frustrating the Gophers. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> as long as Matthew Boldy's successful in the Minnesota Wild, that's number one, but uh, great, great collegiate career going now after a slow start. Pavel Novak, Pavel Novak, he also played in the World Junior Tournaments, was competitive, three points in five games, one goal in the case so far, and so far in the Czech League, he's just a minus one in four games thus far on the year. Damon Hunt, Damon Hunt, he's been in the MJ <laughs> Moose Jaw Hockey League, I guess, <laughs> I guess that's what that is, for the Verdun Oil Capitals, that's interesting, very Interesting. Now, the MJHL, five points in three games so far there. That's a bit of a junior league, but it's available. It must actually be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is in. Uh, yeah, it is the Moose Jaw Hockey League, isn't it? So that junior is playing. Huh. That Canadian Junior League is playing. Interesting. Ryan O'Rourke's uh, nothing happening so far, of course, waiting for his junior team to get going. Kuznadinov, now that I'm saying it correctly, Marat Kuznadinov has a point so far for St. Petersburg in the KH. Al just one assist and was very, very competitive in the World Junior Championships. Five points in seven games. Awesome job for Russia as a very, very competitive player for the under-20. He's going to be a very good player for the Wild. He's dynamic. He's fast. He's a very good defensive player. Um, he's got a bit of everything. He's going to be a, a nice, nice stud for the Minnesota Wild years to come. Unfortunately, probably a middle six guy. 
but he, he's going to be an awesome middle six guy at the end of the day. Uh, a guy who hopefully can be our number one center waiting on his uh, health to return, Marco Rossi. I would hope he'll be our number one center someday, but uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one. He is oot, unfortunately, at the moment, eh? So that's just how that goes. We'll see. We'll see if he gets thrust into the wild or gets put back in the OHL or what the hell happens and blah, 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 blah. We'll see what happens with Marco Rossi. So that's the end of the prospect segment. Now we'll get to fan interaction. Segment number three after this. here on Brave the Wild segment number three fan interaction segment I keep going back and forth on what I should do and putting the uh, prospect segment with this one I might do that I I think I'm going to put the prospect segment with this one because obviously previews sometimes I ramble on those so I might have made that second segment a little bit longer than I needed to that type of thing so apologize for my back and forth still kind of getting back in the mix of things and trying to feel things out what's the best way to do the show this year with the uh, different format, and of course, you know, I'm, sometimes there's a lot of questions, sometimes there's not. It looks like there's a decent amount, and plus a very, very late notice to uh, Derek Felsk. I apologize. Uh, uh, a very understanding, awesome guy there. Uh, right in the middle of the game, I'm like, oh my god, I didn't even ask him. Usually, like, we throw that out on, like, Tuesday or something, day before, so I'll try to do my best about that. The show will be recorded on Thursdays, like, most of the time. That will be uh, very cool. So, again, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, and then for questions, hashtag BTWMN. Put that at the end of your tweet, or the beginning, I suppose, but probably the end, then we can get things going. Jay Bushy says, what can the Wild do to score on the power play? Uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. That is a very tough question. It's a good question and a tough one. Um, Shoot the puck more often, I guess. I don't know. I like Kirill Kaprizov shooting the puck more often. Uh, Judd Zolgad mentioning about having Dumba on the first power play unit with Spurgeon. I don't think that's a bad idea. I don't think that's a bad idea at all. I probably shouldn't have closed the lines here. That was my mistake. I had it open and I didn't. I let it go. So, But uh, at the end of the day, that is uh, the. I honestly think that's probably the best way to go. Some people are fearing that Brad Hunt will come back on the power play unit. Don't be surprised if that does happen. So far, again, like I guess now the first power play unit has got Benino at center, Parisi, Kaprizov, Spurgeon, and Fiala. It's not the worst combination because you want Benino to win the face-offs, but I suppose a lot of people are thinking just have Parisi there. Uh, I Just have Parisi at center, which is weird, which is weird, but it works with Fiala, Kaprizov, and then uh, Dumba on the point with Spurgeon, that type of thing, instead of Fiala. If you all are down on the uh, down on the wing there where he should be, I don't know. Or in the, you know, it, it's a yeah, it's a tough situation. But um, I don't know. I <laughs> I hope they hope they are able to correct it soon. Jay uh, Derek Felska says, any idea what is going on with goalie prospect Philip Blinberg as he hasn't played most at all for UMass this season? Yeah, I'm wondering that as well. It's been uh, and he's off to a lousy start to the year too, about four goals a game. It looks like the main reason, uh, Derek, is that they're just flat out going with Matthew Murray. 
Uh, obviously, no relation to the Pittsburgh Penguin goalie. Well, maybe there is a relation. No, there isn't. It's the same name. Matthew Murray, three shutouts, goals against average of two. He's 9-4 on, on the season. Yeah, the goals against average just above two, 2.01. I guess that's just what happened is Matt Murray has knocked him out of the job, basically. Uh, they were platooning the first couple of years, and now it's uh, Murray's job, I guess. So Lindbergh, unfortunately, is relegated to backup duties. They're just kind of riding him right now, him being Matt Murray, and they're having a very, very strong season thus far is uh, UMass Amner. So, unfortunately, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, Lindbergh can get another shot soon. That's, that's a bummer. I, I like him a lot. I'm rooting for him, too, in a big, big way. Uh, so, I guess that's the reason, Derek. Uh, next question from Derek says, Would you prefer the Wild be a heavy power team, all the St. Louis Blues, or smaller, faster team, all of Pittsburgh? What really is this team's best identity right now? I'm leaning towards Pittsburgh. I'm leaning towards Pittsburgh. It's, boy, it's tough. Isn't it, though? Um, because it kind of, it's like a trend going back and forth. Okay, you want the big, strong, fast team like the Anaheim Ducks when they won the Cup. The Wild tried to go that way, and they failed miserably like that next year. It was unbelievable. Of course, the Wild, yeah, the, 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 we didn't actually have talented players that were big. They just got bigger. Uh, <laughs> and the Wild have had smaller guys that were talented, but then they just weren't good enough, like the Grandlands and stuff. You know, Koivu's obviously a bigger, or Coil and Koivu, bigger guys that weren't fast or weren't uh, productive offensively. I think we're leaning towards the smaller side, though. Yes, small with some strength, you know, some strength, like small but strong. That's where we're leaning. I, I got to think, because think about who we already have. Fiala's under six foot, you know, he's smaller but strong, and he's very skilled and very fast. Kaprizov, very strong. Uh, Kaprizov and Rossi are very strong center, uh, you know, low servant center of gravity, very strong with a lot of skill. So it'll be kind of like a combo, but smaller, faster, a la Pittsburgh. That's where I'm leaning towards uh, on on that one, Derek. Yep, definitely. That's I can see that's the uh, direction we're going, and I'm satisfied with that idea at this point. I think the bigger the Wild get, it seems like we we really fail miserably. Like we get slower, and people just skate around us. You know, the Eric Stahl is a bigger guy, but slow. Guys like that, Quavu, slow. Um, Nick Bustad, slow. You know, I could go on forever. Uh, it'd be nice to have big, strong guys that are actually fast as well. But I do believe the vision is Pittsburgh, and it makes sense. You know, I'm very pleased. It's uh, these are guys that have that made this team better. You know, the PLs, the Kaprizovs, and I can't wait to see what happens with Rossi. So Pittsburgh will be the answer to that one. Derek continues, says, based on their play so far. Which of the newcomers in the last year of their contracts, jo- Johansson, Benino, Cole, is most likely to earn a contract with the Minnesota Wild by the season's end, or will any of them get that at all? Very tough. Benino? I, I think Benino is most likely. I don't think anybody's really super pleased with Johansson other than he got the game-winning goal. We appreciate that. But other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how's the play been? Um, <laughs> uh, Cole, I think... It's kind of a wait and see type of thing. He'll he'll have a chance. It's just we're kind of busy there. But then again, maybe it's insurance for the loss of Susie. So there's your number three defenseman. It's insurance for the potential loss of Carson Susie to Seattle. There's no guarantee of that. But if he does wind up in Seattle, him being Carson Susie, Cole could be your number three defenseman for now, and still give uh, Marshall Warren a shot. Later on, let him keep developing. Obviously, he's still very raw. You don't have a whole lot of left-off defensemen in the uh, grapevine right now. So, I mean, you have some, but not that many. 
Uh, Warren is the biggest name right now, and he's not that spectacular. So I think that's an insurance move long term, and then short term, it's you know he's kind of like a better pattern pattern for now, like a much better pattern for now. Um, so Cole will have a chance actually. I think he'll have a chance for at least a you know two three year uh, addition. I think it's actually Cole even more than Benino. God, I'm having a hard time with that one. It's almost like flip a coin. Cole does have a chance. But I guess, I suppose, Benino's probably number one because we need centers. So, sorry for going back and forth. Brett Favre style there on you. Teresa Ferry says, when do we start worrying about the center role and lack of success in the faceoff? Benino, 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 Benino. Yep, so that means he's going to get re-signed probably because at least he wins faceoffs and he's he's not super slow or anything like that. Um, we're, we're, we're worrying already, I think. It's just a matter of... Uh, <laughs> We, we are worrying. It's just a matter of um, <laughs> what moves we can make. I, I got to think, I mean, there there is a move to be made at some point, a possible dumb trade, I know, or a draft pick, you know, one of those two draft picks, for, uh, you know, but that, that Pittsburgh edition, that type of thing, that Pittsburgh pick might get traded, possibly, depending on how bad Pittsburgh is this year. Might end up getting traded as part of a deal, Greenway, something like that, could help bring a center. Um and I, unfortunately, centers are, you know, as they say, they don't grow on trees and teams don't give up centers without you having to give up a ton to do it, this and that. The hope is that uh, it's Dubois. Dubois from uh, Columbus is, is gettable here. That's the guy. I mean, he's the one that is gettable. It's possible, and he's a 60-plus point center, and he's still very young and has a ton of potential. Just wants to get out of Columbus. He wants to get up to a bigger market, which is Minneapolis-St. Paul's a little bit bigger. Of course, we all know how that is. Everybody wants to go to New York or Los Angeles, and we're all sick and tired of that. So that's obviously the fear there. But maybe, maybe, just maybe he's a possible solution. Otherwise, just to uh, draft and free agency, draft and free agency. Uh, I, I know it's not easy, Teresa, is it? It's not easy at all, and I, I feel your pain there. And Boy, I, I am all in on you, all in on that one and feeling the pain. It's It sucks. I know there's a mention or two somewhere. It's, I also thank Derek so much for sharing the show on Twitter and Facebook and this and that. I just thank him so much. Obviously, Derek Felska, Crease and Assist, do look that up. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily uh, Sports Daily. I'm getting it mixed up with the other thing. Not the Daily Face-Offs. <laughs> the lines. I'm sure Sports Daily. Pardon me for that, Derek. Uh, MNW Prospects. Pavel Bennett. Justin Pucky. Brandon Quast. Brandon Quast rocks for rice for hockey wilderness. Very cool. I write for Gone Puck Wild, but I've been uh, I've been just unavailable for writing lately, and I apologize for that. In case uh, some of you are listening, like Lake Martin, obviously great guy there. He's the uh, the site expert there. Great guy. Um, apologize for uh, being being so invisible, incognito about that lately. Just I don't know. I just can't seem to have time, and I apologize. And I'm going to get better about it, especially as the season gets going. There's more and more things to talk about, so there finally is. Um, with that said, uh, other shout-outs, of course, uh, Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, thank you very much. Thank you very much for uh, having me on board of that one. Minnesota Wild Nation as well, Patrick Turner, great to meet you uh, very recently. I was He's been listening for a little while, uh, but uh, thank you so much for uh, the friendship and everything. Always appreciate that, and nice to meet you. Gotta like it. Minnesota Wild Nation. Recommend that as well. Minnesota Wild Global, Minnesota Wild Nation, and of course MNW Prospects. Recommending all of those for you to check out and enjoy in a lot of ways. Uh, it's a 
It is the right one, isn't it? Yes, it is the right one. Yep, Patrick Turner got that thing going. And of course, he's, uh, yeah, I've got to love his uh, profile picture. It's that beautiful uh, green and gold Minnesota Wilds logo. Always appreciate that one. Of course, appreciate the friendship from all you guys, you know, uh, all of you, Justin Bakke, Derek Felska, of course, Patrick Turner, Scott Cavendish, Chance Caustic, David Caustic. They're like uh, relatives of my brother, their brother-in-law and father-in-law for my brother there. And, of course, I'm related the same way you can say. <laughs> I'm just not directly related in that sense, like my brother is. Just do the simple math there, I guess you could say. Uh, hoping the Wild continue to go in the right direction. i got to think the Wild will have a winning week. I'd be surprised if they don't, especially with the poor goaltending and most of the teams we've been playing lately. Well, you know, the, obviously Anaheim's got the best goaltending by far out of the two, three teams we've played. San Jose, hopefully the Wild can take advantage of the situation. Uh, it'd be really frustrating to see Dubnik or Martin Jones stand on their head, but I guess you never know. Jonathan Quick might once in a while because he's a legend. He's just not been good lately ever since the hip injury a couple of years back. He's been slightly better since then, but generally speaking, not been that great. With that said, wishing all of you a safe, solid, happy week. Uh, at least the sunlight's starting to grow and our energy will start picking up and all that. And and we got hockey back again, even though we're going to play the same team 900 times every year or uh, the, the rest of the season, the same couple teams over and over and over again the rest of the year. At least it's hockey again, and that's the best part. Final thing, we'll get to the contact details now. Again, at Brave the Wild for the Twitter account. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild for uh, Brave the Wild Minnesota for the Facebook page. I forgot there was a couple. Yep, I was telling Declan Goff, thank you very much for uh, reminding me of what natural stat trick. couple of tweets really quick. I almost forgot. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. Yep, Brave the Wild, or excuse me, Timberwolves Explosion, especially. Uh, Started with that one and also follows the Vikings and Purple Mafia. Now he's jumping to Brave the Wild as well. He says, I think it's time I shift my focus from basketball to hockey. The Wild seem much more enjoyable to follow versus the Timberwolves. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Denny. Welcome aboard. Black Space Gaming, I do think this is Sebastian Barton. He says, we look decent so far. Definitely concerns here early, but that's probably every team this year, this year, this early in the year besides Vegas. Yeah, Vegas obviously strong all over the place. Thank you so much again uh, for joining and conversating there. Um, final thing is uh, the audio submission route. You can join that if you could. That'd be great. All you do there is open any, uh, any smart device on the planet has a free voice recording application built in or you can even download them. Open it. Press record. Treat it like a phone call. Just start talking. Hit stop. Save it. Uh, save it or share it to Paladino Live. Yeah, just share it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to Zumzar.com. Uh, final thing, please write a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher if you could. Really appreciate those of you that have done it over the years. It means a great deal to me, and I can't thank you enough for those of you that have done that. Uh, and those of you that haven't yet, please do if you could. It only helps the show. It looks more attractive to new listeners or whichever, which have you. I do believe... There was a, it was kind of like a, it was a positive rating on Purple Mafia, but it was more of talk about this show. So I'll give him a shout out in case he's listening. Iron Metal Man, it says wild. This is on the Purple Mafia show's thing. So if you haven't put it on the Brave the Wild one, put it on the Brave the Wild one, Iron Metal Man. He says, isn't this the host of Brave the Wild podcast? I love that podcast. Well, <laughs> join it then, Iron Metal Man. Join it. And yes, that was me on Purple Mafia as well. Minnesota Vikings podcast and of course Timberwolves Explosion as well. With that said, I'm now going to wish you a good, safe, happy week. 
Do enjoy, and we'll talk to you. Hopefully the Wild continue to win.